0: Welcome to the Startups Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the science and art of startups with founders and the broader startup community. I'm Tony Hackett, and I've spent over a third of my B2B sales career either working for early stage startups or as a go-to-market and social selling mentor for founders and their teams. In each episode, we will explore various topics, including decision-making, team-building and growth strategies. Before we meet today's guest, I'd like to start with an Acknowledgement of Country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people attending today. At the Startups Roundtable today, we meet Tabulio co-founder, Chris Steve. Tabulio is a professional social networking platform that allows digital creators across the world to connect, showcase their creative works and enjoy access to a pool of global job opportunities. So let's get to it and meet Chris. Hey Chris, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast today and I appreciate you taking the time. I must say when I saw what you're up to, it looked like you were taking on a, a large challenge but a challenge that was worthy. And in this whole creative world that we live in and us having to collaborate faster, better, I was just so excited to see that that's what you were embracing and trying to wrestle to the ground. But let's move beyond my clumsy introduction. Why do not I just throw to you? Give us an introduction to yourself and let us know what you're up to right now.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on this, Tony. My name is Chris, Chris Steve. Uh, I am the co-founder at Tableau. Tableau is a professional, a social professional network a platform that allows different talents across the globe to connect and collaborate on awesome ideas, share their work, and also get access to a ton of global opportunities. The, the reason we actually started out Tableau, because as you said, it's actually a huge challenge and it comes from the part where we actually noticed that professional networking is broken as it is. Uh, we have like a ton of platforms that are actually showcasing this, or actually breaking out the idea of showing who people really are from their professional angle, their, their ability to work, their expertise. So what we're trying to do is allow them share their stories and actually get that technical exposure that they're looking out for. So that's actually our core at Tableau. It's really community-powered, so we have a lot of people that we're actually discussing, trying to know about what ideas work for them, how we can actually better enhance their communication and also collaboration.
0: What was the trigger that took you from sitting and thinking, this is a problem worth solving, to actually set out to solve it?
1: So actually, Tableau wasn't my initial idea. Um, I had a friend called Tosho, and he happens to be the originator of this idea, and he's also the CEO. So I remember one time, us happened to be in the same company, and we used to work at ideas, we used to look at other projects, and also we wanted to try other things, apply for other jobs. But it kind of set it to become very difficult because we were very, very technical people. We didn't know who to talk to, we didn't know how to connect people, and it was very, very difficult. So This was one of the biggest triggers that we had. We found out that this was the same thing everyone else was having. Communication was really broken. You didn't know who to reach out to. Also, you wanted to just show your technical side. You wanted to show people what you were good at. You wanted people to be able to see you for who you are, your ability, your social side. You wanted people to come connect with you. And it was very, very difficult. So that's why that was one of the biggest triggers that actually set us out to build this. Also, was the inability to have access to a lot of um, opportunities. Um, it was very very difficult because of our geographical location, which was which is Nigeria as a whole. So uh, we wanted to work at global standard companies, but it was very broken and it was very very difficult. So we sought out to work on a product that could easily provide all the solution in one place. You don't necessarily have to go to Tons of different platforms. You don't necessarily have to make it, find it difficult connecting with people, meeting them, talking to them. So that's been one of our goals, or that's been the threshold of what you know triggered us to start and execute this project. And it's been great so far. Um, seeing a lot of community feedback, seeing a lot of people jumping on this, seeing a lot of people use this platform as a means to be able to you know show people and tell people about their stories.
0: It's interesting. I've taken a a different view of this type of platform just over the last couple of months where I've moved from uh, full-time employment and made a move into, I don't know if I've retired or I've stopped full-time working, but I'm I'm doing one of those. But I've looked at the freelancing world uh, very differently. And it appeared to me that there are many platforms that are the Swiss army knife. And you go to do one thing, but you have to be 20 other things to be the one that you want to be. And I went to your platform just this afternoon, and I registered, and I actually applied to somebody who posted a job. I did it for an exercise, and not to waste the person on the other end, because a job actually fits with something that I find interesting. But I went from a standing start to having completed my profile at a high level of granularity. And that's the thing that I found different that the people who were looking for roles were looking for highly granular expertise and skill. And I was able to position myself or to present myself with highly granular skills and expertise. And anybody who's listened to previous podcasts, I talk about Seth Godin a lot as a famous marketer. Seth Godin talks about smallest viable audience. If you truly know what your value is, you'll be able to identify that small community, that small tribe that your value actually means something to. And when I looked at your platform and used your platform and registered today, it felt like this is an extremely close match to that smallest viable audience.
1: What you said is exactly what we're looking at. And it's not just relative to, you know, having people access jobs. We also want to allow people connect and build awesome ideas because we know that everyone has like a ton of ideas but the chance to meet someone who could help you bring that idea. Is broken. So you want a place where you can find someone who you can collaborate with, who you can work with, who you can build your awesome ideas with. You want a community where you can talk to people. You want to be able to get access to um, global opportunities that are tailored towards you. We don't want you to overwhelm yourself with a ton of things. We want to make it easy for you to be able to access this. Why haven't found out what you're doing? Because I mean, this is what you do. This is what you you're passionate about. Probably it could be design, it could be development, it could be writing stuff. All Others are what makes you happy as a person. So we want to be able to bring something to you that is social, as social as possible, and something that can easily showcase you for who you really are and give you that technical expertise. On the other hand, we also want companies to be able to understand you for who you are, especially... Having companies with different or diverse cultures, right? Companies are looking for people who are probably more team collaborative, or probably people that are more technical on the high end. We want to be able, we want to, you know, help companies easily access these people without the entire um, work of, um, you know, searching, discovering talent, which could actually take between like three weeks to about four months or five months, depending on how long their recruitment process takes. We want it to be easy for them to. Be Practically, we want to be able to cut down about 85% of that process, that traditional process, and give them easy access to who you're looking for and who they want to work with. That way, companies can build better cultures. They can actually find the right people that they need for their companies, while people on the other end can keep being creative and keep doing what they can do and showing their technical expertise without having to learn so many tools, without having to connect to so many levels or... Different broken angles that actually they have to pass through or show um, who they are, which actually does not reflect their personality.
0: You mentioned the collaboration element, and that whilst I didn't mention it, that actually stood out to me as I as I registered and started to use the site, and I in a way I found it a little bit challenging and confronting in a positive way, because it felt like it was about collaboration for the true sense of collaboration, not to be able to convince somebody that I had. 4,000 followers or that i it was more about what mattered to me, having presented myself to the platform, which is a a very rich opportunity. But how did you decide to make sure that was part of your offering as you went through and worked out what would and wouldn't be in? Was there a, a, I guess, a, a tussle amongst yourselves as to do we go hard with this or do we hold it back?
1: Actually, when we talk about the collaboration, collaboration just happens to be our newest feature. And when we actually started building out the platform, we had a large number of entry-level people, people who just started learning different skill sets, people who just, they wanted to, you know, be a part of a community, have access to mentorships, um, learn and connect. They actually were passionate about what they wanted to do and about their future. And um, what we were actually offering to them at that point was access to global opportunities. But these people were looking to improve themselves. In, they, they wanted to learn. They wanted to collaborate. They wanted to understand what it takes to build out an idea. And it wasn't available. So we had like, a lot of people come in and it started to look like we were trying to be like every other platform that was just showing high-level showcases of what people could do, their technical expertise. And we were actually starting to leave out the main people which we were building out for. People who just started, people who wanted access to um, mentorship, people who wanted to hang out, people who wanted to talk, people who wanted to learn. And we started noticing that if we didn't build something for them, they were just going to leave. It's going to be like just about any other platform. So like I said, a lot of what we build is really community powered. And we found out that these people were looking to connect. They were looking to collaborate. They wanted to build cool ideas. They didn't necessarily want to wait for a new job. They had different cool stuff, awesome ideas that they wanted to work on, but they had nobody to work on it with them. So that is when we talked about merging and collaborating, allowing people to collaborate and meet their next the next person who could help them you know, bring their ideas to life. We don't know where this could take. I mean, anyone could find the next co-founder. Anybody could find the next big idea. I mean, an investor could practically come in and see people building tons of amazing ideas. It actually opens a lot of opportunities and tend to change people from just looking after jobs to become co-creators themselves and becoming people who pioneer the next uh, generation of ideas, build the best companies. All by starting out in one platform that actually allows them to connect to people. So, with this possibility and this vision, we actually set out to build that feature. And um, so far, we've actually seen people come in, start out on a, a cool idea, and having other people collaborate with them to bring that idea to life. I mean, I think that's what brings a lot of satisfaction to our end, seeing people, you, you know, you just come in from one place and you're meeting someone else from a totally different place. I mean, that is something that we feel is really tremendous. And we tend to want to build more on that and allowing more people connect and allowing people become creators themselves rather than just going after opportunities. Creating opportunities themselves, we feel could be the next phase for every person on the platform.
0: You talk about this in a very matter-of-fact way. I want to just draw a timeline here for a moment. Am I right in seeing that you started as a as a group, as a startup, just pre-COVID? Could you take me through what it felt like at the time, but also how you could stay convinced to continue on the journey, knowing that there's just such upheaval in the global economy, marketplace, communities, and no doubt with your families to have started a startup then and to stick with it. There's some courage in there.
1: Yes, it was. Um, so at that point, um, I mean, nobody was expecting the, the, the COVID to, you know, change how we actually see working and how we, you know, connect with people. And it just changed our entire perspective. And at that point, I had just moved to a new location yeah, where I met um, my co-founder. So it was very, very difficult for us because we were doing a lot of virtuals, maybe having physical meetups one or twice practically once in a very long time. So what happened was we started to see that the only best way we could collaborate was going to be virtual, right? And we started understanding that this was the same situation everyone else was in, seeing that people felt more comfortable, returning to adapt to being, to connecting virtually. It just brought out an entire area of possibilities of an, an, an entire perspective that we didn't even know. When we started seeing that this was starting to become the new norm, it kind of made us understand that people were actually buying this. People were actually starting to adapt to this. And we said it on our own and started to like make the same transition into our product. So we didn't just want people to meet up. We felt, we, we believed that, we believed in the power of connecting and communication, right? So we felt that, oh, if we could actually bring someone from the US and someone from Nigeria to merge together to build an idea, it could actually break a lot of barriers from physical barriers to demographic barriers, and you can make whatever idea you're building become more inclusive and accessible. It was it was a total different era for us. And I'm I'm really, really, really happy we actually talked about this. And um, seeing a lot of people take this up on a platform is actually tremendous to
0: watch. I'm expecting that as part of your process there's a level of experimentation that goes on. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, yes. We have a community uh, which we first reach out to and the community has been expanding We've even started um, introducing advocates across those communities so that we can actually be powered by feedback. Like I said, a lot of what we're building is community powered in the sense that before we roll out products, we tend to listen a lot to individuals, um, communities, influencers, creators, companies about areas that they would like to improve their expectations towards product, right? And also with the internal team, which is a very, very fun team. Uh, we tend to like want to throw ideas and say, oh, wow, why don't we try this out? Oh, this person says this is this idea. How about we you know? And our entire roadmap has also been um, channeled towards that. For every time we want to roll out a cool idea, it's actually because we found out that it's powered by the community. A lot of people are asking for this particular feature. That way we can continuously give people what they need. And we can always build what they expect in a product because we believe that they sit at the center of what we are trying to build. So we experiment a lot. And when I mean a lot, we experiment a whole lot um, with communities, with individuals, with companies for them to like test out our ideas. And um, when we eventually roll it out, we find out that, oh, this is what a lot of people are actually looking out for. And then we go back in try to think about ideas, how can we make it better, and how we can actually, you know, become like better people for, for everyone that we're building for.
0: As a founder team, have you changed significantly in the way you make decisions?
1: I, I would say yes. Um, so initially, as when we started, we just had like a simple idea. And we had like a ton of stuff that we wanted to to build. As we started to grow significantly, we started to understand that the people that we're actually building up for really didn't matter over the kind of decisions that we're trying to make over the product. So most times we could come out with an idea and be like, we wanted to build this. We felt, oh, this would be a great idea if we added it to the platform. And we eventually, t- talking to our community, talking to the people around us, we found, we begin to find out that people are actually looking for better tools, better ways to connect, better ideas, and looking for better ways to show and tell their stories in the most perfect ways as much as possible to anyone who's interested in looking at them. So I think it's really changed. We've actually moved from having decisions internally to having a wide range of people from different um, timelines uh, and different expertise, you know, contribute to whatsoever kind kind of idea we we decide to want to, to roll out.
0: What's the thing that you absolutely love most about being a co-founder?
1: I think it's the thrill—the thrill of trying to crush problems and you know seeing them form into, seeing them you know move from smaller parts into a fully fledged solution. I, I think for for someone who has really spent a lot of time, I've spent over six years in product, so. It's been something that has actually spanned my curiosity. I'm always looking for ideas, how to craft the best solutions to fit people and help them make better experiences for themselves. So I think the trail is one, satisfaction at the end of the day, seeing people talk about the product. On our end, we've not really done a lot of marketing and we've had a lot of people, you know talk about those products as being pivotal to their career. And so seeing all those conversations, seeing people's satisfaction, I think, has also been one of the, the biggest rushes that has given me that drive to always want to push in and put in more and even motivate myself personally.
0: And what's been the greatest sacrifice in being a co-founder? Time.
1: <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll say time. Personally, you'd want to spend a lot of time doing other things. It's actually something that you have to dedicate to and give your utmost attention to. And this could actually mean that you have to um, shut out other things that might be distractions or might be interests to you and focus on, on an idea. Sometimes building out a solution can take a lot of time. You try and try and try to iterate around the idea till you get to the perfect um solution that you feel works. And and I think that has been the biggest sacrifice for us. Sometimes it can lead to burnout. Sometimes you could get tired about, you know, but at the end of the day, um, when you find out that this idea comes into fully fledged solutions that people can use, I think it kind of has a way of mitigating that feeling initially. And you have a much more robust satisfaction that actually clouds out the entire time you spent sacrificing you know to build that that idea.
0: Do you feel in this moment that you couldn't imagine ever not working with or for a startup?
1: For me currently I actually wanted to stop working for startups or building anything startup because understandably startups are I would say they are like the ghetto. You have to wear a ton of caps. Um, you have to be at different places at the same time. You have tons of meetings. You have to be integral to the product groups. So it's a lot of work, and it could be strenuous, right? So I was at a point where I was I was done, and I didn't really want to put in so much energy. I just wanted to quote unquote retire and just be in the beach lounging or probably drinking soda or something. But yeah, so I, I don't I don't really think I, I did see myself you know working around that startup. But yeah, it's it's been fun.
0: A question I like to ask each of my guests, and if I could ask you to answer this for us in closing, it's on mentors and coaches and experiences and learnings that you've had in pursuing mentors and coaches yourself or being a mentor and a coach. What would be one or two tips or observations that you would share?
1: The best way to actually grow faster is by listening to your customers, to mentors, to coaches, it actually saves you the upheaval time it could actually take you to get to your desired position. Secondly, I'd say experiment and practice a lot, right? Especially ideas, especially with tons of things that's actually been thrown at you. Because with practice and consistency, growth eventually happens, or growth will always happen. The more you keep practicing, the more you are consistent in whatsoever idea or whatever you're trying to build, growth eventually happens. And um, I think the last, but not the least, is not to undermine yourself at any time. Usually for anyone building a startup or working on something, it's very easy to get demotivated, especially when you're trying to compare yourself to what other people are doing or where they are. You need to understand that you need to own your own journey. You need to be focused on what you want to be at the end of the day. And somehow it tends to um, remove the distractions that you get from other people and understand that your growth is your optimal interest. And at the end of the day, you kind of see yourself begin to shape out and own your own story. And that's also one of the, the core things that we're trying to embed within our product, allowing people show themselves for who they are, their technical expertise, no matter how small, because we believe with consistency, they eventually begin to see themselves Growing and moving from just being probably amateurs or entry level to becoming big people within their fields or their niche or whatsoever expertise that they're good on. So I think those are my like the three core things I tend to give out, especially when I have a chance to mentor um, other people or you know, just about have any conversation with anybody.
0: Chris, wonderful reflections in a. Terrific place for us to finish today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I was excited to hear about your story and I'd love to stay in touch and to track your progress, but I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feedback is always welcome. And I would appreciate introductions to potential future guests to invite onto the podcast. But that's it for today. Thanks for listening and bye for now.